This is the podcast Science and Scriptures, Season 2, Episode 3, or Why People Are Rejecting the COVID Vaccine, A Loss of Trust. Hello again, everyone. This is your host, Scott Fraser, and welcome to the podcast Science and Scriptures. I hope you were able to catch the last episode on the spiritual physics of light, an interview with Dr. Aaron Franklin. I'm still contemplating the gospel principles we discussed in that episode. Now, this podcast episode is dedicated to answering the question that has been plaguing me for weeks. Why are so many people not getting the COVID vaccine? I have a theory. At this writing, about 178 million people in the U.S. have been fully vaccinated for COVID-19, which accounts for about 54.3% of the population. So there's about a 50-50 chance that you, my individual listener, has been vaccinated. Since I don't want to offend my unvaccinated listeners, please know that this episode is not designed to reprimand you for your decision. I will stick with reporting facts and then my conclusion as to what these facts are telling us. Please bear with me for a few minutes and see if my reasoning is sound. First, we'll discuss the logical argument. Now, I have talked to a number of people who have not gotten their vaccine. My analytical personality requires that I collect data, so I push them for their reasoning. Here are some of the reasons I have been given for not being vaccinated. 1. The FDA approval was rushed, and I don't want to be a guinea pig for their testing. How do I know it's safe? 2. We don't know the long-term effects of the vaccine. 3. We were told that if we got the vaccine, we would not have to wear masks, and here we are, still wearing masks. 4. I know people who got the vaccine and still came down with COVID-19. Why get the vaccine if it's not going to work? I have heard many complaints about the capabilities and approval processes of the Food and Drug Administration, or the FDA. In the course of my career, I dealt with the FDA approval process numerous times. They are very careful in their process. Granted, they are also very bureaucratic, so the approval process usually takes years. But the FDA has vast resources thousands of medical doctors, biochemists, analysts, and experts, either working for the FDA or as outside consultants. Easily, their ranks include some of the smartest people in the world. If they make a mistake, their liability is huge, so the FDA is very motivated to get it right the first time. With the arrival of the coronavirus, the FDA pulled many of its resources to focus on that one problem. Tens of thousands of very knowledgeable people in the FDA the pharmaceutical industry, and research centers around the world turn their attention to solving this one issue. Most all the people who are questioning the competence of the FDA have never dealt with the FDA. The COVID-19 vaccine is based on mRNA technology. Though they can't tell you the meaning of this acronym, this fact makes many people nervous. Again, to my unvaccinated listeners, I am not trying to offend you. I am trying to make the point that a logical argument against the COVID vaccine is a losing proposition. In checking the data today, Google tells me that 2.33 billion people have been vaccinated worldwide. A few of those people had a reaction to the vaccine. A few more people came down with the virus or one of its variants after their vaccination. This is not a surprise. Every one of those 2.33 billion people have different metabolisms and body chemistries. You see, once injected, the vaccine must work with the patient's immune system to function. Some people have compromised or inefficient immune systems, so they are still susceptible to getting sick. Is the vaccine safe? 
Well, there are about 2.33 billion people in the world who will attest that it is. So here we are. The FDA, the entire worldwide healthcare industry, huge and well-funded pharmaceutical corporations, the United States and other world governments, your primary doctor, and 2.33 billion people across the earth are encouraging you to be vaccinated. Yes, you can find a few estranged doctors on the internet telling you that the vaccine is not safe. But I can find people on the internet who will tell you that man never landed on the moon either. With all this overwhelming data at hand, my scientist mind could simply not understand why everyone was not getting vaccinated. It made no sense. I talked it over with my children and their spouses, most of whom are unvaccinated as well. Finally, my son-in-law Chris offered the following suggestion. He said, The technical data has proven that the vaccine is safe, but we live in a time when no one trusts anyone anymore. Suddenly, all the illogical complaints about vaccine safety being made by normally logical and clear-minded people made sense. There are mountains of evidence that show that the vaccine is safe and effective. Arguments against the vaccine are, consequently, rather weak. It explains a lot if the source of the refusals to get vaccinated is based on emotion and not logic. Emotions, as we know, don't care about statistics or overwhelming evidence. So let's talk about the emotional argument. In an effort to be fair to both sides of this argument, I can see the reasoning behind the emotionally negative response to instructions that everyone go and get vaccinated. As a people, we deserve an emotional response to the past year and a half. We have had quarantines, a bitter presidential race, racial unrest, business upheavals, unemployment, the attack on the Capitol building, constant fear of exposure to the virus, and fear of death. Travel ground to a standstill, and we were required to wear face masks. It was a unique time in world history. The media kept us constantly updated on the number of COVID infections and the resulting death tolls. Many of us felt defenseless and pushed around. Stay in your homes. Wear face masks. Now our government is trying to force everyone to get their vaccinations, whether they want it or not. We've lost trust in everyone. If you aren't vaccinated or know someone who is, you might want to think about the emotions that are driving our country. In the end, it all comes down to trust or a lack of it. If someone you really trusted told you to get vaccinated, say your primary doctor, you would probably do so. Your trust in your doctor's expertise, concern for your health, and experience in such matters would overcome your reluctance to be vaccinated. As you might have guessed, I've been vaccinated. First of all, I was raised to do what my doctor says to do. I mean, it makes sense. My doctor went to eight years of college and medical school. He then had a residency lasting between two to seven years. He then had to pass a strenuous licensing exam to be able to practice medicine. Who is the best qualified person to make decisions about my health? not me. The unvaccinated are just the best example of the lack of trust in the world. After all, this half of the country's population distrust the worldwide medical community. They distrust the FDA and all supporting medical organizations that are encouraging people to be vaccinated. They distrust their own government. According to report, the federal government is spending about $1.5 billion to get Americans to be vaccinated. But if we don't trust what our government is telling us, it doesn't matter how much the government spends. Obviously, many people don't trust our pharmaceutical industry. Some don't even trust our food industry, buying their food from farmers' markets rather than grocery stores. Other people don't trust big business in general, especially industrial giants like Microsoft, Apple, 
and their cell phone service provider. There are other organizations which have come forward to support vaccination. In January of this year, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints issued a statement that included the following. Now, COVID-19 vaccines that many have worked, prayed, and fasted for are being developed, and some are being provided. Because of their age, senior church leaders over 70 now welcome the opportunity to be vaccinated. As appropriate opportunities become available, the church urges its members, employees, and missionaries to be good global citizens and help quell the pandemic by safeguarding themselves and others through immunization. In April, the Church Missionary Department sent out letters to inform missionaries who would be traveling to foreign mission that they must be vaccinated before traveling. Missionaries who chose not to receive the required immunizations would be reassigned to a mission in their home country. This was done so as not to antagonize the foreign countries who would be allowing our missionaries to enter their country. When members of the church in California asked their bishops to sign religious waivers from their employers so they wouldn't have to get vaccinated, the area presidency sent a letter to its stake presidents that said, no church official can sign any kind of document supporting the notion that church doctrine or teaching is opposed to vaccination or that the church is opposed to vaccination mandates. In summary, the LDS Church has been very consistent in its position on the COVID-19 vaccine. Please note that the church is not requiring its members to be vaccinated, but it is obvious where their desires lie for you. Trust is a difficult emotion. Now, trust and faith may sound like synonyms, but they are not. Faith is a hope for things which are not seen, which are true. Trust is a firm belief in the truth, ability, or strength of someone or something that is seen. The scriptures have less to say about trust than faith. Do place your trust in God. Do not trust the arm of flesh or your riches. In the end, Jesus learned that he could not trust the Roman government, the Jewish church, or, as it turned out, even a couple of his apostles. Jesus taught that you cannot be naive of the dangers in the world, but you cannot be distrustful of the world either. There needs to be a balance. In Matthew 10, as Jesus sent his apostles to do the work, we read, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. The Savior knew he was sending out his apostles to do missionary work in a dangerous world. In the verses following Matthew 10, he describes some of those dangers to them. He told them to be as serpents and beware of those dangers, but also to be as doves and be gentle, harmless, and trusting as well. Fortunately, Jesus had a higher power in which he could always trust. History teaches us that trust is a hard thing to gain. Members of the early church in the New Testament struggled to trust one another. The Jewish members did not trust the Roman members. After all, their two peoples were often at war with one another. The Jews had always looked down on Gentiles, so the Gentile members especially the Greeks, did not trust the Jews. The Jews certainly didn't trust the Samaritans. Most of the New Testament is made up of letters from the apostles to church wards that taught a little of the gospel and then encouraged their congregations to work together and support one another. When the restored church was organized, trust was also a hard thing to maintain. In 1836, church leaders opened up the Kirtland Safety Society Bank. When it failed shortly thereafter, many members lost trust in those leaders and left the church. In the early 1840s, the church instituted the practice of polygamy. More members lost trust in the church 
thinking church leaders were simply pursuing their lustful desires. Obviously, this is a topic for another time. But to remain active in the LDS Church, you must have faith in God and trust in His established Church. Before we proceed with our discussion, a clarification must be made. Today, as I write this podcast episode, it is September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the attack on the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. There are lots of flags being flown in front of homes today. Pickups drive by with multiple flags flying from their beds. There are a lot of people thinking about our country today. We love America. Well, let me rephrase. We actually love the concept of America. We love the vision of a country of free and happy people. We love the idea of spacious skies and amber waves of grain. We love the America that our grandfathers fought for in World War II. We sing songs about how great America is. But this America only exists in our minds. It is a picture of how we think America should be. Such concepts are easy to love and to trust because they can never be tainted by politics or by people. We fly our country's flag outside our homes as a symbol of that concept of America. However, can you say you love the real America? The real America must include the political leadership we have today. Joe Biden is the president. We have a Congress, a Supreme Court, state governors, and city mayors. We have an FDA. All of these people and organizations have policies with which you may not agree. So we have many citizens who will tear up when they sing the Star-Spangled Banner and then turn around and use profanity to describe the present administration. Regarding trust in our government, let me say that the Founding Fathers were brilliant when they included a Supreme Court in the federal government. The Supreme Court is tasked with upholding the Constitution, not just the written instructions in it, but the concepts behind the document. The Supreme Court has the responsibility to uphold the concept of a fair and just America that we hold in our minds. What an ambitious endeavor. You may not be happy with the president's mandate that all people must be vaccinated, or else, but our government is designed to protect you from that mandate if it is unconstitutional. You can trust that system. Now, many of my unvaccinated listeners may be thinking that distrust is not why they have remained unvaccinated. Indeed, my conclusion could be wrong. But in pushing for reasons for their decisions, my unvaccinated friends and family always end up expressing their frustration and anger with Dr. Anthony Fauci, the FDA, the Center for Disease Control, Joe Biden, and even China. Admittedly, I don't know the range of emotions that each person is expressing, but a loss of trust seems to be the one that is most expressed. Our dollar bills may state, in God we trust, but our society today teaches trust no one. You can even find the teaching of trust no one in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. In Jeremiah 9.4 we read, Take ye heed every one of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanders. In this verse, Jeremiah was describing the evil of Jerusalem and all of Judah. According to him, when a certain level of unrighteousness has been achieved by a people, you should not trust your neighbor. They will try to force you out of your place and then lie about you. The following question is directed to both the vaccinated and unvaccinated segments of our country. Are we at the point where we trust not our brother? In whom do you trust? Almost everyone, I believe, has lost some trust in our government system in the past year and a half. Mistakes were made. Politics have been brutal, probably the most aggressive and violent we have seen since the Civil War. As you are sitting there today, listening to this podcast, who do you trust outside of your immediate family? To be fair, 
our media has shaped us into a skeptical people. Some of that, I believe, is due to the barrage of commercials that we have to endure all of our lives. Marketing departments are very knowledgeable about gaining the trust of their consumers. They hire spokespeople that we admire and inspire our confidence. They show research results and have unbiased and unpaid volunteers bear their testimony on the effectiveness of their product. The message behind the commercial is, trust us. Trust us enough to buy our product. But for some reason, the hamburger we get at the local fast food place never looks as good as the hamburger shown on television. After a few years or decades of this ongoing barrage of trust me messages, we get skeptical. We don't believe marketing messages or trust the corporations that generate them. COVID then sent us over the top. Now we don't trust anyone. In the last article of faith, we are told to be honest, true, chaste, benevolent, virtuous, and in doing good to all men. I think that those pursuits all include an aspect of trust. An untrusting person tends to become more easily suspicious and even paranoid that they are going to be cheated by their neighbors or their government. They are doubtful and cynical about government, school, or corporate programs, wondering how they are going to cheat them next. It's a pessimistic way to live. As a trusting person, you can be more relaxed because you trust other people to do the best they can to help you, whether you are their customer, their employee, or a citizen of their country. When you find incompetence or rudeness, and you will, you chalk them up as exceptions and not the rule. So I don't think a society made up of people who trust no one is a healthy society. Can we say that we love God, but that we don't trust his church? Can we say that we love our country, yet not trust its political leaders? Granted, there are people you should not trust. For example, we are taught to drive defensively and not trust drivers in cars around us. This still holds true. Other drivers are strangers and have done nothing to earn our confidence in them. However, you should try to trust your neighbors, your family, your bishop, your ward, and friends. As a last piece of advice, try to have trust in the experts whose mission it is to make your life safe and well. For example, trust your dentist. Don't try to do your own dental work, but do get your checkups. Trust the pilot of the transcontinental flight taking you to visit family in Michigan. Trust your optometrist when she says you need glasses. Finally, trust your family doctor and the medical advice he or she gives you. In other words, please focus your anger and distrust at something besides a COVID vaccine that may save your life. I hope I have encouraged you to learn how to trust again. Let's face it, last year was a rough road. It frustrated us to the point of writing and reading outbursts on social media that were angry, bitter, and hateful. As a people, we have changed. We need to recover our optimism and trust in others so that we can be a happier people. We need to become a little more dove-like and a lot less serpent-like. So that is all I have for you today. I thank you for listening to this podcast. May God bless you to be happier, to be more optimistic, and to be able to trust your fellow man again. If you think this episode might help a friend or a family member, please share it with them. This is Scott Fraser from the podcast Science and Scriptures. Take care and have a great week.